Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick. That song you are hearing right now is, of course, Leave the Lights On from our good friends and Pacifier off their 2009 album, Everyone on Every Night. And today, we're going to be finishing our countdown of the top eight best moves of the Jeff Gorton era in New York as the Rangers general manager. If you have not heard part one, I highly recommend going back and listening to that one first. That would be episode number 92 And in that episode, we counted down numbers eight through five. Once again, the best moves of the Jeff Gorton tenure with the New York Rangers. And today we're going to finish up with numbers four through one. If you have not heard that episode or if you just need a little bit of a refresher, I'll I'll do that for you right now. Number eight, best move was trading Brady Shea to the Carolina Hurricanes in exchange for a first round draft pick. Number seven was signing Chris Kreider to a seven-year contract extension. Number six was dealing Derek Stepan and Antti Ranta to the Arizona Coyotes in exchange for Tony D'Angelo and a first-round draft pick. Number five was trading Rick Nash to the Boston Bruins in exchange for Ryan Lindgren, Ryan Spooner, Matt Bolesky, a first-round draft pick, and a seventh-round draft pick. And then kind of as a bonus throw-in, this entry also included the trade, the subsequent trade, that sent Ryan Spooner to Edmonton in exchange for Ryan Strom. Thought about making that its own entry, but figured I'd just kind of lump it in there since the one trade led directly to the other one. So that's where we're at right now, and we're going to move along in this countdown here with number four. And number four is going to be Drafting Igor Shesterkin in the fourth round of the 2014 NHL draft. Now, before I dive into this one, I got to admit, I am cheating a little bit here because Gorton was not quite the general manager when this happened. He was still the assistant general manager to Glenn Sather, but certainly at that time, Jeff Gorton kind of second in command. He certainly had a voice in the room. I'm sure he had some influence on what this team was going to do and who they were going to draft, and you know, I'm sure Sather probably by that time kind of knew that his tenure with the Rangers was, was probably going to be wrapping up relatively soon, and I'm sure he was going to give Gorton a little bit more of a say than, you know, an assistant general manager might say. I mean, I don't know that 100%, but I'm just speculating there. Once again, you know, Sather had been there for a long time, was probably looking to, to pass the baton to somebody else, and that was obviously going to be Jeff Gorton. But the way I see it, even though Gorton wasn't the general manager when this happened, When you knock it out of the park with a draft pick like this, you deserve praise for it. And now exactly how much did Gorton have to do with drafting Shesterkin? It's hard to say. But obviously, you know, he was there in the war room alongside Glenn Sather, certainly was offering his opinion on everything the Rangers did during that draft. And man, I mean, you talk about a steal. Igor Shesterkin was the 118th overall player selected in this draft. There were 13 goalies drafted before Igor Shesterkin. So again, it's just a case of finding a diamond in the rough. And credit to Glenn Sather, credit to Jeff Gorton for being able to do that. And when you look at the list of the other goalies that were taken in this draft, there's no one you would rather have than Igor Shesterkin. And there were 13 goalies once again selected in front of Igor and Probably the best known of of all of the other 13 goalies, I would say probably Elvis Merz-Lincolns or Thatcher Demko. Not exactly household names, but those guys are at least at the NHL level right now. 
And I was thinking about doing this today, but I think we're going to save this for the offseason when we're looking for episodes. We, at some point, are definitely going to take a look at the other 13 goalies that were drafted in front of Igor Shesterkin just to see how their careers are kind of unfolding and just kind of stack them up against Shesterkin because, yeah, Shesterkin right now, I would say certainly has more upside than any of these guys. Elvis Merz-Lincolns is having a really nice season with the Blue Jackets. We'll talk about that in just a second as well. But when you look at this list, man, it's pretty it's pretty barren. And this isn't a draft that you know just happened two or three years ago and we got to wait to see these guys at the NHL level. No, this draft happened in 2014. So you should be, I mean, a lot of these guys should be at or near the NHL level by now. And if they're not in the NHL, then certainly you would have heard of some of them as, as some top prospects. But you really don't. You know, the, the list is, it's not a great uh, class for goalies, that's for sure. And um, Shesterkin, definitely the guy that you would want on your team out of the entire group. For today, I'm just going to read the list of names, the other goalies, the other 13 goalies who were selected in front of Igor Shesterkin. I'm not going to go into too much detail about any of them. Again, we'll save that for an episode in the offseason, but I did want to read these names just to hammer home the point of what a steal this really was for the Rangers. So, you know, you look at back at this 2014 NHL draft, and interestingly, no goalie was selected in the first round. So maybe the general consensus around the NHL was there wasn't that can't-miss goalie prospect that you see, you know, in certain drafts. That is very interesting to me that none of these guys were chosen in the first round. But then the second round begins, and the goalies start to fly off the board a little bit. The first goalie taken was Mason McDonald. Then you have Thatcher Demko, Alex Djokovic, Vidic Vanasek, Brandon Halverson, Jonas Johansson, Elvis Merzlinkins, Ila Sorokin, Ville Husso, Linus Soderstrom, Capo Kakonen, Zach Nagelvort, and Brent Moran. I don't know who any of these people are, and I don't mean any disrespect by that. It's just you have not really seen these guys make much of an impact at the NHL level. As we talked about, Merce Lincoln's having a very nice season for the Blue Jackets, kind of splitting time with Jonas Corposalo, and Thatcher Demko is at least in the NHL. And who knows? You know, some of these guys might still be coming down the pipe. Some of them might still be young. Some of them still in the AHL. And again, we'll look at this more closely in an off-season episode where we can kind of break down what all these guys has done. But right now, I think Igor Shesterkin certainly the guy that you want. And once again, give credit to the Rangers. Give credit to Jeff Gorton and Glenn Sather and everybody else for making sure that they got their man here. Igor Shesterkin is the goalie you want on this entire list. Shesterkin has thoroughly dominated everywhere he's played. We talked earlier this season about the video game numbers that he was putting up with the Wolfpack, and he, with the Wolfpack this season, skated in 25 games. He went 17-4-3. He had a goals against average of 1.90 and a save percentage of 934, and he basically just picked up there where he had left off everywhere else that he's ever played because between 2012-2013 and 2018-2019, Shesterkin played in the MHL, the KHL, and the VHL, and he has never not been outstanding. His last three seasons in the KHL, from least recent to most recent, he had goals against averages of 1.64, 1.70, and 1.11. His career record in the KHL was 80, 19, and 15. His career save percentage in the KHL was 9.35. Pick a stat and it tells you the story. And once again, you know, it's easy to kind of just brush aside what somebody does in the KHL, but give Gorton and say their credit for understanding that this kid is a winner and he's just been dominant everywhere he's played. And that even if he doesn't post those kinds of just insane numbers in the NHL, he probably still will be a darn good NHL goalie. And that's what we're seeing already. Now, again, it is just 10 games, but Igor Shesterkin with the Rangers before he got injured, 9-1 and one, a goals against average of 2.23 and a save percentage of 940. 
And the stats are all well and good. I mean, that's fantastic. That tells you the story. But just watching him play, you can tell this kid is the real deal. I would be stunned if Igor Shosturkin does not go on to have a very nice NHL career. So, again, this could have been two or maybe even one on this countdown. But it lost a few points just because Gorton had not yet become the primary GM he was still the assistant GM and was probably in the process of being handed the reins from Glenn Sather. But either way, you have something to do with a move like this. You absolutely deserve to be credited for it. And that's why it's going to land at number four on the list of the best moves of the Jeff Gorton era with the Rangers. Moving on to number three, and number three and number two were really tough for me, kind of deciding which order to rank them, but I eventually settled on this order, and we'll talk about it in just a second. But number three is going to be trading a second-round draft pick and a conditional third-round draft pick to the Carolina Hurricanes in exchange for Adam Fox. And this occurred on April 30th, 2019. And once again, what a steal for the Rangers. Adam Fox this season, his rookie year with the Rangers, very easy to forget he's a rookie because he's already looking like an elite defenseman in this league, but he has scored seven goals, dished out 28 assists in 66 games. He's been a great addition to the power play. He's got 12 assists on the power play alone. He's got just great vision, great awareness. He's great in his own end as well, very good defensively. He's got an awesome plus-minus, and I'm not the biggest plus-minus guy in the world, but when you're plus-19 on a team that cumulatively only has scored 12 more goals than its opponents, that's very noticeable. It just seems like when Adam Fox is on the ice, good things happen for this team, and his plus-minus is indicative of that. Just a complete defenseman, and he's not getting nearly enough looks from people for Rookie of the Year this season, and, and there are some other great choices as well. I'm not taking away from any of the other great rookies in this league. Certainly guys like Kale McCarr and Quinn Hughes have made their case, but I think, you know, Adam Fox at least has to be in the conversation. He should be on the ballot, if you will. He's just had a great season. I mean, what else is there to say? I know that Coach Quinn has kind of been lobbying for Adam Fox to get some more Rookie of the Year consideration, but whether he wins the award or not, Adam Fox looking like a true superstar in the making for the Rangers. And I don't want to get too far ahead of myself here, but at long last, have the Rangers finally found the next Brian Leach. And again, I don't say that lightly. Brian Leach was an absolute superstar for this team, just a massive part of the squad that went on to win the 1994 Stanley Cup. Just a fantastic player and just very strong in both ends of the rink. But the Rangers basically have been looking to find the next Brian Leach for about 20 years now, and they've swung and missed quite a few times here. You look at guys like Tom Pody that they brought in, and Wade Redden, and Kevin Shattenkirk. None of this ever really seems to work out. Anytime they reach out to try to sign or try to trade for somebody who could be that big-time two-way defenseman, it just doesn't work. And, and there's even one on the team right now, and that's Jacob Truba. Now listen, Truba, I still think, has had a pretty solid season for the Rangers, but I don't know that maybe he's quite lived up to the amount of money that he's making this season. And again, just year one of a long-term deal for Truba. I'm not giving up on Jacob Truba. I like Jacob Truba. But the Rangers, it's just the latest example Truba is of the Rangers trying to find that big-time two-way defenseman. And maybe Adam Fox is going to be that guy. He certainly seems to have uh, as much upside as really any player in the NHL. I mean, when you look around the league, uh, Adam Fox is absolutely fantastic at both sides of the ice this season. The other interesting thing about this trade to me and something that really makes it stand out and something that you have to give Jeff Gorton the Rangers credit for is you are looking at Adam Fox, but you also realize that, you know, if you make the trade for Fox, that's two teams that have essentially, I don't want to say given up on him, but at least they didn't think highly enough of him to keep him in their plans going forward. And, you know, this is an exciting two-way defense. And so it's like, what's going on here? 
Adam Fox was drafted by the Calgary Flames. He ends up being dealt to the Carolina Hurricanes. And from there, again, before he ever even makes his NHL debut, he is traded to the New York Rangers. And you just wonder, like, if you're a GM, it's like, why are these teams so quick to 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 pass on him, to move him to another team just in exchange for draft picks. It's it's a little bit of a head-scratcher, but I would bet right now that the Flames and Hurricanes both wish that they could undo those trades. Now, listen, the Hurricanes got two draft picks in exchange for that. For Fox, maybe it works out in the long term there. Maybe they knock it out of the park with those draft picks, but I don't know. I mean, I... I'm happy to to take my chances with the Hurricanes. If they knock it out of the park with the, the two draft picks, then good for them. I don't think that either player is going to be as good as Adam Fox is going to be. Just my gut feeling. Um, but yeah, I mean, you you really have to give the Rangers credit. You got to give Gorton credit for going out, finding his man, recognizing the potential, recognizing the upside, and bringing him in and making him a key piece of this rebuild. The Rangers, again, it was a complete teardown rebuild. They really had to overhaul everything. And right here, uh, just finding... I don't want to say necessarily a diamond in the rough, but in a sense, he was because he hadn't made his NHL debut yet. It's hard to know exactly what you've got until you see somebody on the NHL roster skating with the NHL team, going out there and doing his thing. But Adam Fox, again, he never played in the NHL until this season. From the moment they put him out there, he has looked like he belongs and just... I mean, just so happy that the Rangers have this guy because, again, he could anchor the blue line for the Rangers for many, many years going forward. And if he's this good now as a rookie, as a 22-year-old rookie, it's scary to think how good he could be as soon as next year or the year after that, how much better he can continue to get in the NHL. Because, you know, a lot of rookies, they debut in the NHL and their heads are spinning a little bit, but not Adam Fox. Once again, he has looked like he belongs here, really from the opening face-off of the season. Moving on to number two of the best moves of the Jeff Gorton era with the Rangers, and that is going to be signing Artemi Panarin as a free agent this past offseason. Panarin gets a seven-year, $81.5 million contract, but he has been worth every single penny. And the reason I kind of struggled with whether to rank this one three or two and whether to rank the Adam Fox trade at three or two is kind of interchangeable, the two of these. Listen, Panarin is the better player, of course. He is the MVP candidate of this team, a guy who, if the Rangers make the playoffs, I think should win the MVP this season. But the reason that I kind of went back and forth here is... Panarin, we all knew, everybody who follows hockey knew that coming into this offseason, the free agency season, that Artemi Panarin was the best skater available. So to reach out, to go out and get Panarin, there was nothing really subtle about it. We all knew he was a superstar. We all knew he could have, you know, a great season with the Rangers and, and just kind of become the centerpiece of this rebuild. Whereas the trade for Adam Fox, nobody really knew who Adam Fox was. He had yet to make his NHL debut. So for that very reason, just the fact that the Fox trade was a little bit more shrewd than this signing of Artemi Panarin was, I thought about maybe making the Adam Fox uh, trade the number two move. But when you look at it, when you look at everything that Artemi Panarin has done, I don't care how established he was as an NHL player before this signing occurred. Look at what Artemi Panarin has done. He has just been absolutely fantastic for the Rangers, just an absolute cheat code, an absolute superstar, which is something that the Rangers have lacked for a very long time. And so this has to be number two. I mean, just look at the season that Artemi Panarin has had for the Rangers. Look at the impact he's had on so many of his teammates. And when Gorton and the Rangers made this move, it was kind of, I wouldn't call it the end of the rebuild. The rebuild was still kind of ongoing, but they found somebody who they could make the centerpiece of this rebuild and kind of give this rebuild some direction and and some uh, some credibility, if you will, because they went out and they got their man and they had to throw a lot of money at Artemi Panarin. 
But again, he was the top skater available on the free agent market, and he wasn't going to come cheap. That's the bottom line. You need to have a superstar or two who you can build around when you're going through a rebuild like this. The Rangers have that with Artemi Panarin and also with Mika Zibanejad. The Rangers had a lot of cap space this offseason, and they took advantage of it. They went out, and they got their man. They didn't back away or get intimidated by the size of this contract. Once again, Artemi Panarin has been worth every penny, and bringing him in really kind of, like we said, gave credibility to this rebuild and really kind of helped accelerate the rebuild. And I think I'm like a lot of Ranger fans in that I knew Panarin was a very good player before he came to the Rangers. But wow. I mean, when you actually watch him on a game-by-game basis and you see how dangerous he looks every time he has the puck, you see the stick handling, the moves, the ability to create scoring chances seemingly out of nothing, his passing ability, his speed. What more could you want? He's an MVP candidate. He is one of the most exciting players in this league. And, you know, as if we need the stats to back it up, I'll give them to you anyway. He has 32 goals and 58 assists in 65 games. He is going to smash his career highs across the board. He has absolutely thrived while playing under the bright lights of New York City. And he has done all of this, all of this, while mostly playing with Ryan Strom and Jesper Foss. And nothing against either of those two players. I'm a big fan of both of them. If you guys have listened to this podcast, you're aware of that. But both Strom and Foss have mostly been third-line players throughout their entire careers. So you really can't say enough about what Panarin has meant to this team. But again, give credit to Gorton, give credit to the Rangers for understanding that they had the money to spend and that Panarin was the correct high-priced free agent to bring to New York. One of the best things about Panarin to me is just the fact that he can help elevate other players because you look at Ryan Strom and Jesper Foss having some of the best seasons of their NHL career. And then, you know, for the most part, I like keeping Panarin and Zibanejad on opposite lines. But anytime you really need a goal, anytime you're scuffling a little bit offensively, man, you put those two on the ice together and just stand back and watch the magic happen because they are both fantastic players. Now, before we get to number one, I wanted to take a minute just to do a couple of honorable mentions here. These are moves that I thought were were solid moves by Jeff Gordon, but for whatever reason, one reason or another, just did not quite crack the top eight. Uh, One of them is going to be trading Joey Keane for Julian Gauthier. And the reason I like this trade is it's just a simple case of the Rangers dealing from a position of strength to acquire a young forward with some upside. I really like Julian Gauthier. Again, he's just getting going in his career with the Rangers. He's basically only played on the fourth line thus far. He reminds me a little bit of Chris Kreider. And again, you know, the Rangers are stacked at defensemen, so there wasn't really any need to keep Joey Keane around. And I like the acquisition of Julian Gauthier. I'm going to cheat a little bit on this one. Another honorable mention here. The entire first round of the 2018 NHL draft. The Rangers had three picks. They took Vitali Krasov, number nine. They took Keandre Miller, number 22. And they took Niles Lundqvist, number 28. And the reason this didn't make the list, I like all these players. You know, they're obviously guys who the Rangers are high on. But none of them have played in the NHL yet. So it's hard to know exactly what we have. And I just couldn't rank this on the list. Also, I kind of cheated here because it's basically three moves in one. So, yeah, that's another honorable mention. Another one to toss out there is drafting Capo Caco in the first round, second overall of the 2019 NHL draft. Now, Caco, again, he hasn't exactly set the world on fire for the Rangers in his first year in terms of how many points he scored, but I still like the move. I still think he has a very good chance to be a superstar in this league. Got to keep in mind, he just turned 19. The reason this didn't make the list more than anything is just the fact that everybody knew going into the NHL draft in 2019, that Kako and Hughes were going to go one and two in one order or the other. So it was kind of a no-brainer just to take Kako after the Devils had selected Hughes. Another one I would toss out there is drafting Philip Hedl in the first round, 21st overall in the 2017 NHL draft. Hedl's a streaky player, but, you know, again, he's still very young, and I like his prospects going forward. I think he's going to be a, a nice piece for the Rangers, maybe a top six forward at some point. 
And then one more that I'll just toss out there is trading Ray Haggerty to the Blackhawks for anti Ranta. Now, Ranta no longer on the team for the Rangers, but Haggerty is 26 years old, and he has still never played a game in the NHL. He is currently on the Florida Panthers AHL team, and anti Ranta, rock-solid backup for the Rangers for a couple of seasons there. And then, of course, that leads to the Rangers dealing Ranta to the Coyotes and getting Tony D'Angelo in return as part of that deal. So, yeah, I mean, anytime you can acquire a really strong backup goalie in exchange for somebody who doesn't even go on to play in the NHL, or at least not yet, that's a heck of a move. And that's going to lead us to our number one best move of the Jeff Gorton era since he became the Rangers general manager. And that, of course, is going to be the trade that sent Derek Broussard and a seventh round draft pick to the Ottawa Senators in exchange for Mika Zibanejad and a second round draft pick. And this happened all the way back on July 18th, 2016. And even if you take the draft picks out of the equation here, you know, the seventh round pick that we gave to them in exchange for a second round draft pick that came to the Rangers, it's still highway robbery, even if you don't look at the draft picks. Because, and it kind of pains me to say that because, again, if, if anyone's been listening to this podcast, you know Derek Broussard, really one of my favorite all-time Rangers. And in that era where the Rangers were making all those deep playoff runs, he was a huge part of that. My favorite player on the Rangers during that time. I just love the hustle. I love the grit. I love the the clutch gene that Derek Broussard had centering the top line with the Rangers. And he always stepped up big for the Rangers in the playoffs. Again, he was the top line center for most of those runs. But even I got to admit, the Rangers absolutely positively stole Mika Zibanejad from the Senators. Now, Broussard is five years older than Zibanejad, and at the time, I think we could argue that Derek Broussard was probably the better player of the two, but whereas Broussard had kind of probably peaked as an NHL player, Zibanejad had just untold amounts of upside. And even in Ottawa, Zibanejad flashed that kind of potential, and in a weird way, you could almost say that this was the first move of the rebuild that the Rangers have undergone. Now, at this time, the Rangers had not gotten into like a full-fledged scorched earth rebuild that was to come in, in, in following seasons, but this was a move that was made with an eye on the future. And the Rangers seemed to accept the fact that Zibanejad at that time, was not quite as good of a player as Derek Broussard was, but they also knew that it wouldn't be very long before Zibanejad, in all likelihood, eclipsed Broussard. And, and Mika Zibanejad has indeed done that, and basically, Zibanejad has eclipsed at least 95% of the forwards in this league. He has grown to a true, bonafide superstar. And even in a season where Zibanejad has missed 13 games due to an injury, he looks to be on pace to set new career highs. He's got a shot at it. So last year, he had 30 goals and 44 assists for a total of 74 points. This year, he's already set a new career high in goals. He has 33 goals. He also has 33 assists. So he has 66 points in 53 games. Last year, he had 74 points in 82 games. Has a chance, even with all the missed time, to set a new career high in points. And the other thing that I love here is that Mika Zibanejad's point totals have increased every single season that he's been on the Rangers. He went from 37 points in 2016-2017 to 47 points in 2017-18, and then 74 points last season and 66 points and counting this season. He really does it all for the Rangers. He's an excellent penalty killer. He's a guy who, you know, contributes at both ends of the ice. He has outstanding chemistry with Chris Kreider. What else is there to say? 
Guy's a superstar. He has such good hands. I mean, he scored a goal the other night where he got a pass in deep against the Flyers, and it was just forehand, backhand, forehand, backhand, roofs the shot, no chance to stop it. Uh, just a fantastic player. And, and, you know, he's, again, this wasn't like a full-fledged rebuild when they brought in Mika Zibanejad, but it was the first move where you're kind of starting to look at the future a little bit, and it has paid off in a major way for the Rangers. Now, the Rangers, again, we mentioned those draft picks that were also involved with this trade. Once again, it was... Derek Broussard and a seventh-round draft pick to the Senators in exchange for Zibanejad and a second-round draft pick. The Rangers ended up trading that second-round draft pick, but regardless, still quite the steal here for the Blue Shirts. And the biggest reason that this move is number one on the countdown is because there is no doubt whatsoever that the Rangers absolutely get an A-plus for this trade. The Rangers are never going to look back at this trade, whether it's next year or two years from now or five years from now or 20 years from now or 100 years from now. The Rangers are never going to look back at this trade and think, oh man, we really shouldn't have done that. It is just clear as day that this was a fantastic move for the Rangers at this point. And, and you know, Derek Broussard, he's with the Islanders now. He's kind of kicked around the league. He's remained, you know, a decent player in this league. And, you know, he's somebody I always root for, even though he is now on the Islanders. But yeah, I mean, you just can't, you can't even begin to make the case that this was not a good deal for the Rangers. And I'm saying that as, you know, a huge Derek Broussard fan because Mika Zibanejad, like we said, has grown into just a superstar in this league. And another thing that makes this especially scary or especially awesome, however you look at it, Mika Zibanejad still just 26 years old. So somebody who has a chance to continue to get better as he goes forward in the NHL here. And I'm just looking forward to seeing what the Rangers can do if and when they make the playoffs. And it's, it's going to be a challenge this year, but they are definitely in the mix. But eventually, we're going to see Mika Zibanejad and Artemi Panarin in the playoffs for the Rangers, and that's going to be a ton of fun. Now, Mika Zibanejad actually already does have one postseason under his belt with the Rangers. His first season here, the Rangers made the playoffs. That was the 2016-2017 season, and he already has a big playoff moment for the Rangers. He in Game 5, with the Rangers playing at Montreal and the series tied at 2, he scored in overtime. Once again, Chris Kreider with the assist there. Surprise, surprise. But Chris Kreider, cross-ice pass, found Mika Zibanejad. Zibanejad scored from the doorstep and gave the Rangers a 3-2 series lead. The Rangers went on to win Game 6 back in the Garden, so that was cool to see. But yeah, I'm looking forward to many more playoff moments with Mika Zibanejad and Artemi Panarin. Once again, Jeff Gorton and the Rangers absolutely stole Mika Zibanejad away from the Senators, and it's one of those things where if you're the Senators, you know, Derek Broussard didn't even spend a lot of time there, so they basically gave away Zibanejad for nothing. Quite the coup for the Rangers, bringing this guy that's going to, you know, go on to have some all-star seasons in this league. Should have been an all-star this season, was not, but I think by next year, you know, if Zibanejad continues on this path that he's on, It'll be at the point where this league just can't ignore him anywhere, and he's going to be a bona fide all-star going forward. So once again, trading for Mika Zibanejad, the absolute best move of the Jeff Gorton era thus far. That's going to do it for today, guys, but we do have our 100th episode of Locked On New York Rangers forthcoming, and one of my ideas for that show was to do a mailbag. So if you guys have a question that you want to be answered on the 100th episode, then by all means, definitely let it be known. Send me an email to LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Again, that is LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Or you can reach out to me on Twitter at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Again, that is at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. At the top of the Locked On New York Rangers page, you will find a pinned tweet. You can leave your question there, or you can just DM it to me if you want to do it that way as well. But either way, definitely feel free to reach out. Looking forward to hearing from some of you guys. Some of you guys have started to reach out to me on Twitter a little bit and through email as well, and just looking forward for that continuing. And yeah, you know, we'll, we'll see about doing a mailbag. If there's enough questions, we will absolutely do a mailbag for episode number 100. 
So once again, thanks for tuning in, guys. I will see you next time. So that's going to wrap up this edition of Locked On at New York Rangers. Now go ahead and tell your smart device to play the latest episode of Locked On Fantasy Hockey.